Hey, First Family, this morning I get to be part of the worship services at The McKinney First. And with us at First McKinney is my good friend, Pastor Louis Rosenthal. Pastor Rosenthal, if you know him, you know that he is proactive bringing the gospel to our city and loving those in our community. He leads his church to be missional, and he also is gifted as a preacher of the Word of God. He's going to open the gospels this morning. He's going to share with you what God had to say through his son Jesus, and I want you to open your heart to that. So open your Bibles, get ready, Pastor Louis Rosenthal. Good morning, everybody. Oh, come on. If you say it real loud, it'll make the sermon go by 10 minutes quicker. Good morning, everybody. Y'all said that too loud now. Praise the Lord for each and every one of you. First, giving honor to God, to Jesus the Christ, who is my Lord and my Savior, to the Holy Spirit, who is our seal, and guarantee of the redemption of our mortal bodies. To the angel of this church, my good friend and your pastor, let's give it up for Pastor Sam Holm. Oh, you can do better than that now. Praise the Lord for his lovely bride in the house, Sister Holm. Praise the Lord. To my wife, the rue in my gumbo, <laughs> one whom I love so much. And for those of you who are not from Louisiana, you might not have caught why I said rue in my gumbo. But if you're from down south, you understand that if, you, that, that if a person likes gumbo and that is my favorite meal, if you don't have good rue, you don't have good gumbo. So when I say the rue in my gumbo, I'm talking about the best part of it. To my daughters, Rayland and Lauren, who I know are watching online. Well, they might have watched that 915, so they might not be watching the 1045, but I know they looked at it one of these two times. <laughs> to our awesome praise and worship team led by my brother, fellow Louisianian, Kerry Madison. To all of the, the McKinney First Baptist Church members who are here with you, those who are online, to all of the leadership of First McKinney Baptist Church. And I failed to mention this earlier this morning because we even had some of our city council uh, members to come and worship with us. I don't know if anyone is here at 1045. That light just blinded me, which I like because I can't really see a whole lot of you all. That way I can just stay focused on what I'm up here to do. But if we have some of our city council members here during the 1045 a.m. worship service, we thank God for you coming out and worshiping with us also. And to all who are online and all who are members of both churches, I greet you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And if you would be so kind, turn with me to our sermon passage, which is found in the gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. We'll try this one more time and see if it'll work again. If you stand with me while I'm reading, I might get through the sermon a little quicker. See how slow y'all getting up this time? Y'all know what he's just saying that. I'm reading to you from the New King James translation. And verse 46 of chapter 10 of, God, of the gospel according to Mark. It says, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples. And a great multitude Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, 
Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose, came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, key phrase, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. And I'm going to borrow from that 51st verse what will be an interrogative subject. Our subject is, what do you need Jesus to do for you? You may be seated. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus the Christ, Lord, I would be merely giving a speech if the Holy Spirit does not work in and through me. Therefore, I decrease that you may increase. Anoint me, Master in your presence saturate me in your spirit so that with accuracy with clarity with depth and with truth i can proclaim the oracles of your word and i thank you for the privilege and the promise you give the preacher that your word will not return void it will accomplish what it was set out to do Forgive me of anything I may have said, thought, done, or even looked at contrary to your word, for we want nothing to hinder the proclamation of your gospel on this day. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray and to give thanks. Amen. One of the pillar hymns of the Christian church that is so applicable to our sermon passage is the hymn, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And since I'm not a singing pastor, like I know Pastor Sam Holmes just crewing them over there at TMFBC right now. <laughs> Brother Madison then left, so I know I can't sing. So the best thing for me to do is just to remind you of a few of the lyrics verbally. The songwriter says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. The songwriter cries out and says, Savior, Savior, Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Although the world's current population is about 7.98 billion people, based on the word of God, God Almighty can hear the individual cry of any one of his sheep when we are in distress. If you are a parent or have been a parent, you know a baby cry for all sorts of reasons. They cry when they need to be changed. They cry when they're teething. They cry when they're hungry. And a nursing parent can even tell the tone of a baby's voice, of a baby's cry, in many instances, just what the baby is crying for. They can discern it. A nursing mother can tell when her baby is crying, but really, the baby just really want to be picked up. Would my nursing parents agree with that statement? But, there is a specific type and distinct type of cry that a baby 
makes when he or she is in distress, when they are frightened, when they are in pain, that will make a parent stop whatever they are doing and immediately go see about that child. I want to let you know that when you get tired of being tired, when you realize you cannot change on your own, nor make it without Jesus, if you cry out and specifically ask Jesus to come see about you, Jesus will do it. So with the text and the Holy Spirit as my God, I'd like to briefly share with you three object lessons regarding our interrogative subject. What do you need Jesus to do for you? Object lesson number one. When Jesus comes on the scene, the opportunity for change exists. Walk with me again through the text. In verse 46, it says again, Now they came to Jericho. Pay attention here. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now at this juncture in the gospel according to Mark, Jesus is making his final journey through Jericho as he's coming to the conclusion of his earthly ministry. It was near Jericho where Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. It was in the wilderness area near Jericho where Jesus was led to fast and to pray for 40 days and he was tempted by the devil but we know this yes Jesus was tempted by the devil but Jesus never ever sinned notice in verse 46 when Jesus entered Jericho he initially entered Jericho with just his 12 disciples. But when Jesus departed Jericho, verse 46 tells us there was a great multitude that followed him out of the city. You see, when Jesus comes on the scene, when Jesus exists, when he comes around, the opportunity for life transformation always exists for all those who will receive him. Now, this gospel account is also found in Matthew. It's also found in Luke. In Matthew's gospel account of our sermon narrative, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 29 to be specific, it states that there were actually two blind men. But here in Mark's gospel, also Luke's gospel, we find that Mark only highlights and mentions the vocal blind man. You see, if you want Jesus to come to your rescue, if you want Jesus to work out your issues of life, you are going to have to open up your mouth and speak. And although Jesus already knows what's going on before you even say it, uh, you do know that even though you may be in an emergency and desperate, that when you cry out to Jesus, you're not really telling Jesus new news. He, he, he's already aware of it, but he's sitting there waiting for you to call on his name to invite him into your situation. Oh, I can prove that to you. If you, if you look at the, the, the same gospel of Mark, in, in, in Mark, uh, gospel, he establishes this principle in Mark chapter 6. When Jesus, uh, uh, when his disciples were out, Jesus told them to get in a boat and go to the other side. Now they got in the boat and they started going to the other side. They started a rowing and a rowing and a rowing, but the boat didn't look like it was going very far. Then all of a sudden, because Jesus told them he 
that they were going to go to the other side. He had to go inspect what he expected. So he went out looking for his boys. And there they go, out on the water, struggling. So Jesus, the text says in Mark chapter 6 and verse 49, Jesus approaches them walking on the water. Most of us like to think about and remember that part of the miracle. But I think the greatest part of the miracle is what he said, what, what takes place after that. It says he walked up to them on the sea and he would have passed them by, but they cried out. Jesus intervened. Jesus delivered them. Now sometimes, sometimes Jesus delivers. He'll deliver us from our storm immediately. Then there are times, instead of immediately delivering us, Jesus will get in the storm with us. See, there's some lessons that we learn in the storm that you can never learn when everything's calm. See, you will never know that Jesus can make a way out of no way unless you've gotten in a place where you didn't know which way to go. So the reason you say that with passion and you believe that is because he's delivered you. So sometimes he doesn't immediately deliver us, but what he will do is he will come in the midst of the storm and get right in there, right with us. And he will let us know something that the Apostle Paul echoed in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, where Paul said, after asking and pleading with Jesus on three separate occasions. Jesus, take away uh, uh, the thorn in my side. But Jesus didn't take away the thorn out of his side. Instead, Jesus told him a great lesson. He said this, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Church, God is sovereign. He doesn't have to ask our permission for anything. And he knows which method of delivery will work best for you and glorify him. So you need to know no matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter how daunting the task may be, no matter how long the situation has been going on, you need to know you serve the God who declared in the 81st Psalm and verse 10, he said, open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. Verse 46 introduces us. Notice I said introduces us to someone who we think is named Bartimaeus. But really, that's not his first name. What Bartimaeus, that name does, it tells us something about who he is. You see, the name Bartimaeus looks like this. Bar is a Hebrew prefix, which means son of. So this person in our text is the son of Timaeus. And the word Timaeus in Hebrew etymology means foul or unclean. Therefore, the person in our text is the son of Timaeus and he is blind. So in essence, we could say that Timaeus is unclean senior or unclean the first, and his blind son is unclean junior or unclean the second. Because we really don't know if his real name is Fred Junior, Fred the second, Pookie the first, Bob the second. All we know is that he is a blind man who is the son of Timaeus. So now we find Bartimaeus. He's on the side of the road. And he's on the side of the road not just because he's blind. He's on the side of the road because he's been ostracized, a ban from society. So this blind, 
banned and broke man is seemingly in a bad position. But when they placed Bartimaeus on the roadside, they didn't know that Jesus was going to be coming and passing by on that very roadside. What can seem like it's a setback is really a setup for a breakthrough. Church divine opportunities can oftentimes show up seemingly in inopportune times. You know, you've heard this, this statement. You've heard the phrase opportunity of a lifetime. But you must understand that an opportunity of a lifetime, it only lasts in the lifetime of the opportunity. You see, Jesus is not coming to Jericho to stay. Jesus is passing through Jericho. So the opportunity for Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, is right now because Jesus is headed to Jerusalem on his way to Calvary to be crucified. He will not be returning to Jericho again. So Bartimaeus, he cannot allow the opportunity to pass by. So let me tell you something. After this sermon is preached, today, not tomorrow, but today is the day for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day to join this great church called First McKinney Baptist Church. Today is the day to have your persistent life issues prayed for. Today is the day to get off the sidelines and say yes to serving in the ministry of your spiritual gifting. Today is the day because right now, our Lord Jesus Christ, through the visitation and the presence of the Holy Spirit, is passing by First McKinney Baptist Church today. So it's time for you to get on board. Object lesson number two. Don't let anything nor anyone block you from getting close to Jesus. Look, look, look at verse 47. It says, and when he heard that Jesus, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I love when you read and study this Bible and you, and, and you always have a teachable spirit because if you have a teachable spirit, God can always teach you something. And when you read and study, I don't care how often you read a passage like this, something which you've heard about so often, God always unveils and reveals some new things in it. There's some new nuances. There's some, you can never glean all the meat out of the B-I-B-L-E. So, so when I looked at this verse real carefully, I love the play on words that Mark does in verse 47. Notice the people including Jesus' own disciples and all the people in the crowds. All of them refer to Jesus as Jesus of Nazareth, including his own disciples. Now, here comes blind, banned, and broke Bartimaeus. But he did not say Jesus of Nazareth. He cries out, Jesus, son of David. Oh, that is significant, church. Remember when Jesus was handpicking his disciples? Y'all remember that. I know you do. And, and there was a fellow in there that Jesus selected whose name was Nathaniel. And when Nathanael was selected in the Gospel of John in chapter 1 and verse 45 and 46, these are the recorded words. It says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
And then Philip said to him, come and see. Again, Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't see Jesus was coming. He had only heard that Jesus was coming. But you need to know, and I know you do, because you're a member of First McKinney Baptist Church, and you're going through a, a sermon series from the book of Romans. So I know you've taken a little peek at Romans chapter 10, round about verse 17, that tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you, we all need to quit having to see everything in its completed form before we act on what the Word of God says. Church disciples of Jesus know that we walk by faith and not by sight. So the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus, can hear the crowd. And he heard Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. But again, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, does not refer to Jesus in the same way as the crowds do. He cries out a name that reflects he has heard about Jesus. And by faith, he believes who Jesus really is. So Bartimaeus, uh, son of Timaeus, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That name, son of David, you know that is Jesus' messianic name. So by Bartimaeus doing this, it suggests someone was engaged in street evangelism. Somebody got outside of the four walls of the church and went and shared the gospel with the left out, with the marginalized, with those that may not look like you, smell like you, live in your neighborhood. He went out, somebody went out and told Bartimaeus who Jesus is. And the same people that went out and told Bartimaeus this is the same people in the church today that got to get out of these four walls and go share the gospel with somebody outside of these four walls. Now, you know, Bartimaeus, he, uh, even though he was left out and marginalized, seemingly irrelevant he realized who jesus was because somebody told him about who jesus is i proved that to you because bartimaeus i believe he may have heard about jesus for giving a healing and a paralytic which is found in mark chapter 2. just maybe bartimaeus Heard about Jesus healing a man with a withered hand in Mark chapter 3. Just maybe Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus speaking to the wind and to the waves and they obeyed Jesus in Mark chapter 4. Just maybe Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus healing a demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5. Maybe Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus feeding over 5,000 men and with two fish and five loaves of bread in Mark chapter 6. Just maybe Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus healing a Syrophoenician woman's daughter because of her faith in Mark chapter 7. Just maybe, just maybe Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus doing something again, feeding over 4,000 this time with seven loaves in Mark chapter 8. Just maybe, just maybe Bartimaeus heard about Jesus healing a boy with a mute spirit. And then Jesus going and saying to that boy's father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes in Mark chapter 9. Since Bartimaeus has been taught who Jesus is, he could not refer to Jesus by the name Jesus of Nazareth. 
a town where it said nothing good could come out of it. But I'm so glad, and I know you ought to be too, that Jesus allowed himself to be re reared in Nazareth, a place where they say nothing good come out of it. He did that for you and I. He did that for all who are left out, marginalized, not a part of, a, of, of this socioeconomic group. Those that may not live in the same neighborhood as you, drive the same cars you that matter where you came from and all that matters is do you know Jesus and do Jesus know you because if you know him he can pick you up from anywhere and take you everywhere since Bartimaeus has been taught who Jesus is he couldn't refer to him that way Bartimaeus knows, not because he saw it with his eyes, but his faith allowed him to, as he heard about Jesus, to receive the word of God. So since he knew that the fellow that they were crying out wasn't the one that he had heard about and, and had come to, 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 to come to, where well, he came to know who he was, he had to refer to him by his messianic name. That's why he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, when you hear people making jokes about the name Jesus, when you hear people taking the name of Jesus and using it as a curse word, as a byword, let me tell you something. You ought to feel uncomfortable hearing that because you know that's not the God that you serve. Hmm. Now, if you look at what took place here in verse 47, I mean 48 and 49. Notice that there were some people who tried to keep Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, from getting close to Jesus and to prevent him from speaking to Jesus. And what's so amazing about this is these are the people who were Jesus' own disciples. They tried to stop someone, listen to me, who needs Jesus from getting to and communicating with Jesus. That would be tantamount to Pastor Louis Rosenthal and Pastor Sam Holm seeing somebody down and out, marginalized, don't know Christ, but we say, no, you can't come to First McKinney Baptist Church. No, you can't come to the McKinney First Baptist Church. They tried to stop somebody in need of Jesus from getting to Jesus. Matter of fact, when, when, he, when, when Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48 said, they said, shh, be quiet. Shh, sit down. You can't join us. We have enough people serving over here. You know how it is when folk get in their little cliques and they don't want anybody else to come in their little clique when they serve it. I know that don't happen over here at First McKinney Baptist Church, but, but it happened at some other churches. And, and they didn't want Bartimaeus to come and be a part of the following of Jesus. They are nothing more than what the gospel, uh, uh, what John the Baptist, rather, describes as a brood of vipers, whitewashed walls. But they will not prevail regarding God's assigned people doing the things which God has called us to do. I love Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus' attitude of how to deal with people who are a greater hindrance to ministry than a service to ministry. Bartimaeus cried out even more. Bartimaeus got even louder. 
If you hadn't figured out by now, I'm a Bartimaeus type of pastor. He cried out like this because he knew they had no heaven, no hell to put him in. Bartimaeus knew that his divine opportunity was right now. Jesus was passing through. He wasn't about to set up tent there. And notice how Jesus responded. Look at this. One voice among a great multitude. The text says in verse 49, so Jesus stood still and commanded him, bring him here. Y'all remember in Acts chapter 7, this fellow named Stephen, while he was being stoned to death, he prayed for Jesus to forgive them for they know not what they were doing. And since Jesus knew a little something about praying for folk who were trying to kill him, Jesus had to just stand up and say, boy, that's my boy, that. And the text said there, in Acts, Jesus stood up. That's the only recorded time in the Greek New Testament where you will find where somebody's actions caused Jesus to stand up. Well, in our sermon passage, this is the only time in the Greek New Testament that records Jesus stood still based on the actions of another. Bartimaeus cried out loud enough. Bartimaeus cried out long enough to cause Jesus to stand still. You see, sometimes you have to verbalize what you cannot right now visualize. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And church, if you have a great need, you better stop being so cute. You better stop being so sophisticated. You better stop being so arrogant. You better not be ashamed in the presence of people regarding who Jesus is. You better open up your mouth and you better realize it's not about just crying out in the church house that is going to minister to the down and out, to the left out, to the marginalized sinners. No, it's the people who are not ashamed to call out the name of the Lord in the mall, at the gas station, in your neighborhood, at school or in college, during your social club functions, while you on vacation. And, and I'll throw this in just because I'm from Louisiana. This is just a lane yap. You might not listen to that commercial that say, whatever you do in Vegas, stay in Vegas. Because I'm here to let you know Jesus is in Vegas just like he is at your house and just like he's at your church. He see you on the cruise ship. He see you on any ship. We never escape his presence. Now, look at verse 50. Let me read that one again. It says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, cast away his garment. He threw away something very, very valuable to him. His outer coat to go to Jesus. And, and it is not like he could go back to the closet and get another one. He threw away something valuable. Someone else could have easily picked it up. He was a man without means. However, Bartimaeus counted the cost. And he was willing to pay whatever was the price to get to Jesus. 
Church, yes, I clearly know it. The Bible affirms and we teach salvation is the free gift of Jesus. Praise the Lord that salvation is a free gift from Jesus. But let me tell you something. Discipleship is going to cost you something because you got to die to self in order to live for Christ. In order to have Jesus come and live and dwell in our lives, we are going to have to give up those sinful relationships. We are going to have to call on his name to help us through sinful habits. But you need to know this, no matter how high the perceived cost may appear to be, in the end, that cost is very cheap when compared to you having eternal life compared to what God has for us in heaven. I read somewhere in 1 Corinthians around chapter 2, round about verse 9, it says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's on this side as well as the other side. Finally, object lesson number three. Repentance and faith in Jesus brings deliverance. That's developed from verses 51 and 52. A person's focus and level of faith will determine their onlook, their outlook rather, on the problems they have in life. A person who is full of doubt finds problems in opportunities. A person filled and full of faith finds opportunities even in problems. In verse 51 and 52, when Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, came to Jesus, he was asked a very important question. And his response was one that was of pure faith. He trusted Jesus to heal him, and then the impossible happened. Blind man received his sight and was restored to wholeness at the word of Jesus. Do you not know there is life transformational power in the name of Jesus? There is dunamis power in the name of Jesus. He breaks strongholds. He realized this. So we got to understand that when Jesus said, has made you well, when he made that statement, that phrase translated from the Greek New Testament actually literally says, has saved you. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, got far more than a physical healing that day. He also received spiritual healing as well. This is what happens when an unsaved person responds to the gospel of Jesus the Christ. When faith is exercised, the power of God moves in that person's life and God saves them instantly, completely, and eternally. Finally, so often after Jesus completes a miracle, you'll read in the Gospels where Jesus basically would say to that person, go your way. Don't tell anybody. But here Jesus doesn't have to say that. <laughs> and see, even though Jesus would say that, Jesus also know if he's done something for you, if he's broken a strongholds, if he's opened a door that you couldn't open by yourself, if you got common sense and say, you will say, thank you, Lord. You will use that in a testimony to share with somebody else who might be struggling and going through the same thing as you. You will be able to say, I don't know what you're going through. I, nobody know but you what you're dealing with. But I've been in and through something similar. And let me tell you, it was nobody but Jesus that delivered me and brought me through.
So now, if you call on him, if you believe in him, if you trust in him, he can come do the same thing for you. Hmm. The saved person will want to go and walk with Jesus and live in holiness. A saved person uh, will want to gather with other saved people in the church worshiping. They will have a desire to read and study the Bible. They'll have a desire to pray and serve God using your spiritual gift. This is one of the, 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 the tests to let you know if you saved. Because if you never crack open the Bible, if you never pray but when you have an emergency, if you never share the gospel with anybody, if you never have the desire to do it, it could be a sign that you either don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior or you need the Lord to stir up the gifts that are inside of you. And there is something about saved people that want to go share the gospel because we want to go tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. There will be a profound change in your life when you come to understand that there is a cry. Listen to me. There's a cry from unsaved people that will make Jesus first stand still and then move on their behalf to save their soul. And then there's a cry a saved person makes to Jesus that will make him first stand still and then come deliver you or he'll come right there in the middle of your issue, a problem of life, and he'll deliver you. What kind of cry am I talking about? I'm so glad you ask. It's a repentant cry. It's a passionate cry. It's a desperate cry. And it's a consistent cry that is not affected by other people, what they may say or what they may think. Because you know you need to get to Jesus. And like Bartimaeus in this text, the closer Jesus comes, the louder you better cry out to him. I don't know about you, but I'm desperate for Jesus. If you haven't listened to nothing else I said, just listen to this. If you are saved and you have some unsaved people in your family, on your job, in your neighborhood, it is going to take the desperate cry of the saved to call out to Jesus it is you and I that must get on our face before the Lord prostrate ourselves there and cry out God send my cousin send my husband send my wife send my neighbor send my co-worker divine appointments including me that they may hear you that they may come to accept you. It's wonderful when we teach our kids how to play basketball, football, and tennis. It's great when we put them in every kind of school program in the world. It's wonderful when they get scholarships and they go to college. Parents, if you're not teaching your children who Jesus is, we are failing as parents. The most important thing that you can leave a legacy in your children is to leave a legacy of faith in them that you have shared with them. When you read about Timothy, you'll read about his grandmother and his mother Lois. What did they do? They shared the gospel with Timothy and God used them. We better cry out like never before. First McKinney Baptist Church, Jesus is ready. 
Jesus is willing. Jesus is able. Heaven, the heavens are open right now. And the Holy Spirit is moving right now. Jesus is asking us this morning, what do you need for him to do for you? Let me tell you something that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. If you want a life never before release a blessing, you need to give Jesus a like never before specific cry. A like never before praise. And if you desperately cry out, if you're willing to offer a Bartimaeus, type of cry. Jesus is ready to come release blessings. He's ready to come release peace of mind. He's ready to restore marriages. He's ready to call prodigal children and college students back to him. He's ready to heal and deliver. He's ready to do what you need him to do. The 50th Psalm, verse, verse 15. It says, call to me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you that you may glorify my name. Listen to me carefully. If you're not willing to glorify God's name after he delivers you, he might not deliver you. Some of us got our prayers. God has everything already here, ready to unleash it to us. He waiting on you to cry out to him in that desperate way that let him know that you really need him and you know nobody but him can do it. That's the way we better start praying for our unsaved family, unsaved friends, unsaved neighbors, because that's the cry that'll make Jesus stand still and ask you, what do you need me to do for you? Let us pray. Father God, right now, Master, I said what you told me to say. I shared it the way you have taught me to share it. Now, Lord, please move on hearts today. Here and online. Don't let us look at, watch our unsaved loved ones on a journey to hell and we won't even open up our mouth and try to cry out to you. You're ready, willing, and able to save if we just cry out. Move right now. That somebody cry out to you that don't know you in the pardon of their sins, that they give their life to you. Move on somebody saved right now that are not using their spiritual gift to edify this kingdom and glorify you. Move on somebody that is saved and striving to do your will, but every once in a while just needs some encouragement to press on. Let us cry out to you, standing in the gap. It is in your name I pray and I give thanks. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.